Hello there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tavalon. Have a cup of tea, or maybe a frothy ale. The light, why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. He only had time for that one frantic thought, and then he was plowing through the cloaked men, sending them toppling like pins in game of bulls. The rope slipped through his hands and he fell, tumbling across the straw-covered floor himself, coins spilling from his pockets to end up against a stall. <laughs> when he scrambled to his feet, the four men were already rising too, and they all had knives in their hands now. Light blind fool, burn me! Burn me! Matt, chapter 40? I hear on the night, the dragon reborn. We are back. <laughs> I'm here with my delightful friend, Tracy. I'm here with my uh, musical friend, Amber. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the Road to Tarbon, a Wheel of Time podcast. And we are back with the Dragon Reborn. We are oh my going gosh. to be done in less oh than gosh. two months. Right? I think. We should yeah. probably be wrapping this up just as I'm getting ready to pack up and visit you. That's my yes. That's my time estimate. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm excited. I'm I'm excited to get to the end of this. Maybe we'll mm. do a few 101s, maybe mm. some uncharteds. Mm. I like those. I like yeah. those. Yeah. And I got those lapel mics to work. And I think they're going to be really fun to like play around with if we decide to like go romp somewhere and put on mics and just whatever. We can have all kinds of weird road to Tarvalon adventures. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'd have to look into see like what's a good Yeah, this is a this is a conversation for later <laughs> for future Amber and future Tracy. But regardless. Yeah. Regardless. You guys should be excited too. Like our <laughs> listeners should be excited that we're gonna be together in Germany hanging out, having a great time in like just a couple months together again reunited it's gonna be so nice like I love getting to see you on your last visit you were so busy and I you know get it of course it's to be expected mm-hmm. we haven't seen family in like three years exactly you know, but... yeah but this will be just you know us your place dogs this will be chill super chill. so excited about it the road to Tarvalin on the road literally on the road yeah you know what I was thinking as I was watching the new rings of power oh no tell me they totally start with this fancy map montage and I was like hot damn love me some map montage like I'm in for it it's like you know what Rosa Tarvalin we're about our maps here we are map people that's right. We can't use them. We need them. We like them. <laughs> we need direction and focus. The big spanner provides. Yeah, they're yes. so helpful. We need those. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can under Oh, and then and then and then mm-hmm. as I was thinking about this for this new Lord of the Rings series, I'm very very interested in to see if the television show for the Wheel of Time changes 
mm. their intro at all. Or if they're like, nope, that's just the stock, you know, that's it, you know. Yeah. Every season, same thing. Or will they do it a little bit different? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely expecting changes in this upcoming season. And fingers crossed for the better, of course, but also darker. And especially with, like, House of the Dragon is out now. There's a new Lord of the Rings show out now. Like, these are two heavy hitters for, like, fantasy lovers, really. Like, like I think you said it before, this is a great time to be a fantasy book fan or nerd. Yes. Yeah, I, lo- I love it so much. But I think Wheel of Time is going to have to, like, pull ahead of those. And the material is definitely there, in my opinion. I think a lot of the things that are behind the scenes for this show are also there that I really appreciate seeing that I'm not necessarily seeing in House of the Dragon. I honestly haven't watched the Lord of Ooh, the Rings tell me. show tell yet. Tell me. Tell me more. Okay, so it's not necessarily the show that I have a problem with. That third episode with Matt Smith was, like, good. You know what? I I just put that on Discord yesterday. I was like, you know, I wasn't totally sold on him. Mm -hmm. And then after episode three, I was like, yeah. Yeah. mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. I see it. Yep. He's He's my favorite doctor in Doctor Who. Like... The seasons with Matt Smith are my favorite, always, to come back to. I don't know what it is about him, but I just... There's something about him being able to be a dark guy with the charisma of a decent guy that makes him really Mm -hmm. appealing to me. And I think, like, oh my god, I want to see something about his training because I've, I've never seen him in a physical role like this. So it's just like... That's that's the thing that drew me in. I was like, you have Matt Smith, and I love him. And now, like, after, because I was like, bah, 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 first and second episode, okay. But then that third one, I was like, all right, I'm going to keep watching. The thing that is bothering me about it, though. Yes, I, I think, okay, is it something that you may or may not have already brought up in our uh-huh. pre? Yeah, okay, it is. I, I love this. Yes. Okay, cool. Let's, <laughs> let's get them. Let's roast these fools, Tracy. <laughs> Okay, so for anybody who knows us, I uh, we both, like Amber and I both have like a big thing for like behind the scenes and like what went into the episode. So of course I've been watching like the into the episodes that they're having on the House of the Dragon because I, I want to know, like I want to know what these guys are doing, especially since I feel like they fucked us over before. So where are you going? And there seems to be like this this is a this is a feminine story. This is a powerful feminine story. Rhaenyra is coming to her own and blah, 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 and woman this. And I'm like, yeah, but where's your woman? Like, all I'm seeing are a bunch of guys talking about how they're Inside writing. Inside the episode. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, um, okay. Like, other than the actors <laughs> themselves, it's all been guys. And they're like, oh, we want to do this for the fans. We want to do that for the fans. And I'm like, where's your representation in your writing, in your yeah. executive producers? Like, yeah. How about that, HBO? How about it? <laughs> if, somebody, if somebody knows more, let us know. Yeah, seriously. 
I would have to like look into it and see who all their writers are. But for crying out loud, if you have female writers, like why wouldn't you portray them and let them tell this side of the story right? instead of having a guy be like, well, well, here's what we decided to do. Yeah. On behalf and, of all the women. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> is this really what it looks like to be a powerful woman from a woman's perspective or from what a man thinks a powerful woman thinks she is? Those are two Ooh. very different things. And I, yeah. I, I really appreciate the show. Like, there are things that I feel they pulled away from that I am I'm good with. Like, the amount of, like, sexualization and whatnot that seemed to run rampant through, especially the first season of Game of Thrones, just isn't there. And I you really the, appreciate the that. sex position. Yeah. I don't Where they're need like, it. we're going to do exposition, but we'll just have it while people are having sex and having right? a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> totally normal things that happen every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yes. Why? I mean, why and i i think that's actually something that i want to like nod to that i think hbo did better this time is like they are recognizing that their audience wants a story and it doesn't have to be this weird blatant sexual violent whatever way of getting your audience's attention we will listen for a good story give us a good story yeah and I think but that that's the case for any that. story, right? Like, yeah. I don't need the biggest budget. I don't need Mm-mm. fancy Hollywood glitz and glam. Nope. If the writing and the dialogue is there and the actors are good, like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty chill. Like, yeah. I'm pretty easy to please. Yeah. And I, I really, like, one of the things that I'm seeing in Amazon as far as the shows that they've been putting out, like, just the few that I've watched they do seem to have a much more diverse cast. Uh, It's much more representative. Like, I'm really glad you suggested A League of Their Own because, oh my God, I want to watch it again already. It was so So good. Like, my heart is, like, softening, and I want to cry just thinking about how good that show was. Well done. Yeah. 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 And I mean, with with the Wheel of Time, there's far more diversity already in the way that it's been portrayed than what we've seen in the Game of Thrones show. Like, this I would agree on. Yes. Yeah, and I think it's present in like who they have talking about what they're working on as well. Like Isis Musendin is like uh, she's like a primary figure of what Wheel of Time is because of how brilliant she was with the costumes and way to go getting somebody like that and showcasing her because the costumes are every bit as much the show as the show is. And it's, I think they've done a really good job of like crafting things. When it comes to the battle of the budgets, I was, when I was watching House of the Dragon, I was looking at the costumes and I was just like, damn mm-hmm. like that is that is nice mm-hmm. that is nice that last mm-hmm. episode some of the ragtag fighters had almost this like ottoman empire mm-hmm. situation moment mm-hmm. going on and they had color it wasn't mm-hmm. like season eight where it's like you get a black uniform you get a black <laughs> outfit you get a black outfit 
But it, I mean, it it all like went back to when we were talking to Bernadette Banner. Like, if you were from a time where you could get these micas and dyes and colors, mm-hmm. oh, you would use them. Like, Absolutely. This would you would show that off, right? Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know. I like a little bit of color. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Yeah. It's nice. There's actually there's a really good show on. It's a BBC special, but you can find it on prime god damn you prime um (laughs) it's called a stitch in time and it's a fashion historian who goes through i think it's like at least four different portraits and recreates the outfits that she finds significant in them and they like recreate them with the tools of the time with the fabrics of the time if they can get them and the episode where they do green dye for this one green wool dress is so cool like urine is involved we wanted color so (laughs) badly we were like i'll pee on that (laughs) (laughs) well that's like what is it there's a very specific orangish color that is even to this day you can still find it in cosmetics and it's you know it's crushed up beetle like it's a bug It's a bug. It's a bug. Yeah. Yeah. And like creating paints and like taking the elements that are around you, dirt and whatnot, heating it, drying it, preserving it in different ways to see what happened to it. Like there was a constant exploration for color in our lives. And I just think that that's, it's lovely to actually see it. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. And so often it involves urine. Don't mind me. (laughs) <laughs> I have this weird interest in the places where yarn shows up in history and what it's used for. This is my life. Don't. Is... <laughs> Isn't it like, what are they, didn't like boiling it down create phosphorescent light? I think, I yeah, know I it created know. something. Because someone was like, oh my gosh, we can use it for so much. What happens if we boil this shit down? <laughs> mm. Speaking of which, in these yeah. episodes or in these episodes in these chapters, yeah, we definitely all this urine talk. We <laughs> <as laughs> thinking so about sorry. our boy Perrin, <laughs> and he's they cross by a tannery, and Ooh, he's like yeah. getting all the smells and yep. stink of the city. Ugh! For anyone who doesn't know how leather is made, it involves urine. yeah yeah and a lot of it a lot of it quite the delightful episode (laughs) (laughs) but i'm so glad you brought up the tanneries because i thought about that too i was like oh they're on an island because they smell real bad (laughs) yeah yeah that makes me think of (laughs) so gross i I digress let's (laughs) let's continue If anyone wants a weird episode from us about how to make certain things, you know, just let us know because apparently we can talk about it at length. Yeah. Okay. I have a chapter summary for us. Chapter 40, A Hero in the Night. I do love this. Okay. Bouncing back to Matt, right? We are. Yeah. All right. Matt and Tom arrive in Erangel and see firsthand the refugee situation. Blah, 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 blah. 
the refugee situation in Andor that's become a part of the civil war in Kyrian. Matt hands coins to a woman with crying children all while trying to seem like a hard ass who would never do such a thing. There's no room at the inn, any of them. But Matt uses his dice and luck to get them space in a stable and two horses. Their night in the stable is interrupted by an illuminator and thugs hunting her down. Matt is rewarded with a bundle of fireworks for his heroic efforts to free her, but still tells Tom to kick him if he ever looks like he's going to play the hero again. That's, that's uh, it. This was, it was nice to have a loser back. I, yes. Tamaz! Tamuz, you great buffoon. Seriously, <laughs> fuck this guy. You He's son awful. of a pig. You son of a goat. <laughs> that's it, that's it, son of a goat. Ah, oh, she's so saucy. Like, I've, I've decided if I were to be a Wheel of Time character, I think I'd want to play Eludra. Yeah. She's not magical, she's just smart and a survivor, and that makes her magical to me. Yeah, and we, we've got an, another lighting mystery in this mm. chapter mm-hmm. because she's invented a way to light lamps very mm-hmm. quickly. Like, mm-hmm. there's some, it's almost as though it was an illusion of some sort. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you brought this up on the TV show. We have Tam. Mm-hmm. Using a match. Mm-hmm. So In the first first I, episode. Yeah, I I really do feel as though this is a it's a new turning. It's a new whole new turning. <laughs> Where they get to have matches. I mean, yeah. they are really handy. So, and I mean, obviously, there's a need for them because Tom's like, oh, she did that so fast. She could have burned the barn down using flint and steel like that or whatever which is what she could have he's assuming yeah yeah exactly i think it's kind of interesting that neither one of them assume that she can channel oh interesting yeah yeah right (gasps) yeah theory loony theory eludra (laughs) oh that would be so fun if it were true what a fun spin for her. I'd be down for that. Right? Yeah. Like a runaway from the tower. She can't yeah. really, like, do large channeling. Mm-hmm. Just a little baby fireball. Yeah. She has, like, maybe more gaze level channeling abilities. Maybe just a little bit more. Or she just is good with fire, you know? Ooh, yeah. And so she was, like, illuminator's guild. That's, you know, my calling. <laughs> I know fire. That'd be great. Right? I have a different focus, I think, reading these Civil War refugee situations in between Andor and Kyrian, like, so much differently than I think I read them when I was younger. And I think, like, part of it has to do with the numerous violent encounters and battles and things that have been, like, shown in news and documentaries and photos and things like that that I didn't really have in my brain palace before. <laughs> and now yeah. I have, like, those those images of what it looks like for a city to be hosting refugees with no place for them to go. And it just, it hits harder 
than it did before. Like it feels heavier than when I was reading it, just kind of like skipping past those things because I just wanted to see what Matt was going to do next. I don't care about refugees. Like I don't care about the Civil War. Give me Matt. And now it's a little different. Yeah, I mean, as I'm coming up on my time as an elder millennial, (laughs) um, (laughs) I feel like I've seen some shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It makes it it makes it much more real, like the situation that the Westlands is facing. After reading this, mm-hmm. does this maybe feel like after we watched that season two teaser trailer, like there was a lot of sad looking, mm-hmm. disheveled folks in mm-hmm. this season two teaser? And I'm just really wondering, like, I know, I know he kept saying, like, four gate, four gate, four gate, <laughs> very pro four gate over here. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But this could be any number of cities mm-hmm. around Kyrian. Yeah. Yeah, it could. There's Elaine's observations of, or Gween, I think it is, when she's on the ship and they're on their way to Tyr. And there are plumes of smoke and desolated villages with, like, no sign of life in them at all. And I that was another spot where it was like, that is what happens. Like, you start to feel unsafe where you live and you leave. And then yeah. there's, like, a mass exodus of people looking for safety and refuge. And they're trickling down. Like, we see this from the empty villages then when Elaine and Aguine board at Jura? What was the name of the, the place? Yeah, I think that's correct. Yeah, so they board there. They see refugees and Andor soldiers or Andoran soldiers, like, keeping the peace, quote-unquote. And then, like, they even discuss how things are trickling further down to Erangel, which is where Tom and Matt are getting off of the ship. So we see that progression in each of the chapters and I hadn't really like strung that all together into what that looks like politically and And geographically yeah and for all of the people all of the people living within those borders like they need to get Mm -hmm. the fuck out because things are just not safe and is it in this one yeah it's in this one where it's like one of the soldiers tells Tom that they're eating horse. They're eating horse. And Morgase has issued an order that says no more refugees are allowed to cross over from Kyrian. And if they do, they're to be sent back. And Tom's like, that doesn't sound like Morgase at all. Like, right. Like she's we, stern, but that's not Morgase. Yeah. He's like, she has a soft heart for for people and i mean morgase has a claim to the sun throne so there's no reason for her not to embrace people and be like you are also my people and maybe we can go about finding peace for kyrian together you know conspiracy exactly like that's what i'm thinking is like this is our first indication that something weird is potentially happening in camelin that we aren't aware of yet so there are, like, little things underneath this one, I feel like. Layers, yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're starting, it's it's like threads in a pattern. 
<laughs> who, who would have thunk? I know, right? They're all getting like, pulled together. <laughs> Look at us connecting. Who could have thought? I know, right? Um, it kills me that Matt opens the letter from Elaine, but I should seriously just not be surprised by that at all. <laughs> of course. No. Right? Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Just a... And I mean, really, it's such a it's such an Elaine letter. Hey, Mom, doing great. Don't worry about me. I'm leaving the tower, yeah. too, by the way, even though I had left when I wasn't supposed to and just got back. And it's chill. Right. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> no worries. It's all uh, good. Elaine, you're going to give your poor mother a heart attack. All right. Should we move to Chapter 41, A Hunter's Oath? Okay. So then we move on to Chapter 41, a hunter's upon, oath. Upon the snow goose. <laughs> Sailing into Ilion. So Perrin and crew arrive in Ilion. The city is hot as fuck and more than a little stinky. Zareen slash Fayil has determined that nothing will keep her from becoming a part of Perrin's party. Not even Lan is enough to scare her away. Moraine makes her swear an oath before she allows her to join them. And once that's done, they all head into the city to find an inn and news. And that's that. Yeah, I I did like the kind of... Okay, so... <laughs> I know Fael is not a fan favorite character for some. Mm -hmm. But I like that she just won't be pushed around by a moraine mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. where like everyone kind of likes like ooh, like ice and i like yeah mm -hmm. we'll do what she says and even lan is intimidating as heck but she's kind of just like okay stone face like mm -hmm. all right mm -hmm. lan whatever <laughs> it's fun i don't I know do what i, I don't want. mind it no I do what i want yeah like she should like Perrin observes little bits of discomfort in her and admires her ability to just like still stand for what she's determined to have. And I think I've been thinking a lot about the whole Perrin being like, You can't be a hunter for the horn, you're a girl. Like that that makes me kind of look at Zareen poking fun at him a little bit differently. Like, I think he kind of needs it. And I feel like her uh, resoluteness when facing Moraine is something that he's seeing in her that helps him be a better person. Does that make sense? Yes, Absolutely. Okay. And I just like her nicknaming everyone. I think right? it would be hilarious if she gave Moraine a nickname. But oh my gosh. without Moraine knowing what would, it, what it, be? would it be. <laughs> <laughs> like Ice Princess. Uh, yeah, something like that. Lady Snowface. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that would be great. Hi, Mr. White Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> those animation movies are the best ah <laughs> oh, that's fantastic yeah so i i also appreciate 
like Zareen right now. I have a hard time with like Zareen Fail. She isn't quite like solidified there yet for me. We it's could weird. also call her the Falcon. Ooh, that's true. Or we can call her Mandarb. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> she has many of nicknames herself. Unless Land somehow reclaims Mandarb somewhere in the second season, we won't get this in the show. I mean, Boo. it would still be funny because they could be like, yeah, he's got a horse named Mandarb. Ha ha ha. But it's so much like, better you sure when you want to like, go with that name. Right. It's so much better when it's like, yeah, that horse over there shares your name. That's, that's Mandarb. <laughs> <laughs> that's gold oh, right there. I would love for them to keep that. It's funny. Me too. And also the way that like Lan's really like amused at the way that Zareen and and Moraine are behaving around each other and Moraine is like, Are you are you laughing at me, Lan? Are you laughing at me? And he's like, I mm-hmm. would never do that. But uh I hear Myrell likes to make jokes at her warders, so I need to learn to laugh because you know you're gonna package me off to her when you die so just getting myself ready for it scandalous Maureen scandal what a a snarky guy she deserves it on that one though I feel like some ribbing when like someone's done something kind of shitty doesn't uh (laughs) doesn't hurt occasionally (laughs) passive aggressive I'm here for it yeah yeah I'm here for some humor and land even if it's yeah it's not like ha ha funny, but it's like nope. it's a it's, it's a little bit. It's land <laughs> humor. Yeah, yeah, I I can appreciate this. Even any kind of humor from land is lessons like lessons with land. <laughs> lessons with that. It's been so long. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Do we? He even has. Get... He says words. <laughs> he does. He does. He threatens Zareen like she's like. You can't even scare me off. You stone-faced warder, you. And he's like, you sure about that? She's like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's great, though. Like, there's something funny. I don't know. It's almost like the, um, I can't believe I'm going to do this. Uh, I'm going to compare her to Princess Leia where like oh my God, okay. you know like there's the tough guy mm-hmm. where it's like yeah like the man who's there for protection she's like you don't scare me like mm-hmm. big yeah 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 I don't yeah know. it's all right I dig it yeah and um I feel like there was something else about that but you you were gonna say something and then I cut you off. Do you remember what it was? Hmm, no, but we can keep going. It's cool. Okay. Maybe it'll come back to me. It happens all the time, so I I you know, at any point if you need to interrupt, just let me know. I wanna know, did Moraine use the power like to seal that oath with the Falcon? Hmm. Because she touches her. and then Maybe like, that was just like a... Okay, if she didn't, maybe it was just like a power play, you know? Uh-huh. Like, 
I may seem unassuming and gentle, but I can end you. Okay. <laughs> type okay. of situation. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's no one around to observe whether or not she's, I mean, in their group, to observe whether or not she's channeling. But I can imagine that she'd be pretty circumspect in when and where she'd channel in Ilian, not knowing what's going on around them, you know? God, I would just love to get this chapter from Fayul's point of view. Ooh. Because there's so much, like, tension, and there's such this, like, weird ragtag group. <laughs> we've got mm-hmm. Perrin, farm boy. We've got mm-hmm. an Ogier. We've mm-hmm. got an Aes Sedai and a Warder. Yeah. She has to just be wondering, like, what, you know, what are they doing? Where yeah. are they going? They're up to something. Yeah. And I think that's where her kind of, like, humor comes in, where she's just, like, these idiots think that they're, like, traveling incognito. Like, <laughs> when she's been able to pick them out, like, at day one. I mean, that mm-hmm. she started watching them as soon as they showed up. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Yeah, she's like, Hunters for the Horn have to have, you know, an open mind or whatever to the unusual and be looking out for things that aren't necessarily the norm or whatever and she's like you guys mm-hmm. <laughs> weird bunch you are a weird yeah. bunch yeah. of people and ogier <laughs> <laughs> like that's just icing on the cake you know yeah that i mean Perrin with like lan and moraine are already kind of like questionable enough on their own but then you throw freaking ogier and on top of it and it's like what is happening yeah yeah it's kind of shocking that more people aren't like what's the deal (laughs) and the like internal like tension between Mm -hmm. the group is also weird like i I still think the whole murella thing is Mm -hmm. crap so like lan is holding these angry feelings towards moraine moraine is being you know like like <laughs> calm mm-hmm. magic woman like nothing everything's fine you know like Nothing i have all the answers fine. yes right and then loyal you know i can just see him kind of like hiding behind his books trying not to get involved in mm-hmm. any of the drama mm-hmm. and parents just he's not that smart <laughs> so mm-hmm. he's like just kind of like there not really taking part in I feel like the the chaotic energy of the group but mm-hmm. I feel like he's okay I, I don't mean he's not smart I just think he's naive he, mm-hmm. he is he's a farm boy yeah inexperienced and he's mm-hmm. still really trusting like yeah. even when he doesn't want to be he does things that show trust in the people around him that they do have his best interests in mind and maybe <laughs> oh maybe they okay do. i remember i remember what i was gonna Ooh, say yay, yay, yay. it's very possible we don't even get fail this season yeah i mean i have a feeling it'll be more focused on perrin and Elias mm-hmm. and not Perrin and new love interest because holy crap the dude just lost his wife like yeah 
I don't see them bringing her in like next season and be like, oh, by the way, here's your new love interest. You could not function properly last season because of what just happened. Yeah. I don't see them just, you know. I love that. And I don't want her to be like the fixer, you know, like yeah. I don't want the woman to fix his broken heart, no. you know, like no. I want him to get over it and deal in a healthy way for himself. And maybe that will come via a little intervention and mentoring from Elias and the wolves, maybe. I like that idea a lot more than a love interest idea like a lot more i i think i think that happens more often than it needs to like you said like for the woman to be the fixer in the situation like oh just Mm -hmm. hand him a new woman everything will be fine and that's just not how it works but to have like like you said like a mentor like a friend a, a brotherhood with someone who is going to be able to relate to Perrin in a way that no one else is going to be able to relate to him because of the whole wolf situation. Like, (laughs) Elias is the whole package in this situation when it comes to, like, what Perrin actually needs to Mm -hmm. heal from what he's going through and to be able to, like, move forward from being a broken person who is trying to figure their shit out to taking that next step and figuring their shit out. And I think that that's, that's a, I hope that's exactly what they do. I think that's brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. You're so smart. <laughs> we have two brains. It's true. Sometimes we <laughs> use them at the same time. Sometimes we use them not at all. It's a mixed bag. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> uh, but I love that. I love that. Oh, that's so good. Okay. So we'll see. I'm we'll really see. Maybe no Fayel. Maybe no Fayel this season. I'm really okay with that. We have more than enough people to keep our eyes on in this upcoming season. And we really need to be establishing our characters more. Okay. So even if she does show up in this season, uh-huh. I feel like it's going to be blatantly obvious it'll be like okay like that's the new love interest for Perrin yeah because it'll kind of be like this like enemies to lovers scenario maybe 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 but I feel like as as soon as she shows up it's gonna be pretty obvious like what her role will be yeah so unless they're subverting that in a very big way I don't think there's really a point for her to show up until Perrin is at least like a little bit, um, a little bit more healed, a little bit more resolute in yeah. his feelings and mm-hmm. how to go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's had that exposure with the Tinkers, with the White Cloaks, and the Wolves. And these are all things that have happened. Like, just kind of crashed into his world right after his wife died. He's battled Trollocs already. Like, this poor dude's life has been ripped apart. He's got a lot to process. And yeah, it just doesn't really... And 
given what we know about Perrin as a character, it doesn't make sense for him to take on a love interest right now. Like, I just can't even see Perrin in the show or in the, like, if this were done in the book, I can't see him being ready for that, looking for that. And I know he's not looking for it when Fael shows up, but in this, he's like a young and inexperienced, barely more than a boy, you know? Like, yeah, and imagine if he meets Fael, like, after he's a little bit more battle hardened, he's a little seasoned. bit more seasoned. Yeah. Yes. Like, I feel yeah. like that would make that relationship it would feel be fiery. a lot more. A lot, yeah, it would be a lot better than kind Oof. of just this. Oof. And they can still kind of like butt heads. Like, they don't have to be like, we are best friends. We get along so well. Like, no. you can still have them at at being at odds with one another. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be this really long, drawn out. Mm hmm. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. <laughs> Bleh. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I love the idea of Perrin being, like, confident, axe-wielding, thoughtful, and mysterious, and that being what Fayil is drawn to, because that feels like the man that Fayil would want to be drawn to. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and not just, like, ooh, you're a Taviran, that's hot, yeah. let me yeah. get up on that. <laughs> Ooh, you're unique. You're different. T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be so funny. Oh, I, I would just really like that because Fayil is such a strong character. It would make sense for her to, like, be attracted to somebody who is also a strong character and parents just not there yet, not in the show. No. Ooh, I want to see this now. When are they going to let us write for their show? <laughs> I mean, I guess our entire podcast is just a fanfic at this point. <laughs> <laughs> we should just rewrite it. We'll go through and like get transcripts of it made and like pull everything out and be like, this is our fanfic. Well, this fiction. is like, I mean, this is basically what we are doing though. So often it's, it's like, well, what if, you know, what if this was like this? Like, how yeah. would that look? What would mm -hmm. be the ramifications? But yeah, I don't know. It's interesting stuff, and even more interesting is the name of this inn in the upcoming <laughs> chapter. That's a sex joke, right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it has to be, right? I mean, I, I, like, I think about it, and my brain kind of recoils and pulls back from it. Like, I don't know if I want to know what that is at all i know have no words i don't know no words okay let's maybe it's maybe it's like a i don't know a dance move i nope it doesn't sound like that either <laughs> i take it back <laughs> if it's a dance move i'm picturing like a swing swing dance ah uh, yeah yeah like someone maybe even like a throw and something in there i don't know i don't know i don't know anything toss. about swing. yeah i don't know anything about swing dancing <laughs> Oh, should we should we cut to break and then come Ooh, back yeah, that's to a great idea. That's easing a great idea. the badger? Okay. Yes. If you like what you hear, rate and review us anywhere you listen to the podcast. This helps new listeners find the show. 
This podcast is brought to you by you. If you'd like to fund the show and receive cool stuff while doing it, check out The Road to Tarvalin on Patreon. All tiers can join us weekly for live recordings on our Discord server. Lastly, our Wheel of Time shop has a new web address and international shipping is finally live. Find all the links in our show notes and thanks for listening and joining us on the road to Tarvalin. And we're back. Easing the badger? Easing the badger. Chapter 42. Riding through Ilion proves unsettling for the observant little group. Something is wrong in this city. They arrive at an inn called Easing the Badger, where the innkeeper knows Moraine as Mistress Mari. The innkeeper answers Moraine's inquiries about the city, leaving Moraine more shook than she was when she thought there was another dragon running around. The group settles in to eat, Moraine distracted by the news, Lan distracted by Moraine being distracted, but Perrin smells something wrong. An attack and death follow, pushing Moraine to make a potentially deadly decision. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Right? This was actually fun. I love getting like the actual getting to actually see Moraine's eyes and ears network. Oh yeah, at work. Mhm. It's nice. Yeah. On top of that, there's also this eerie, spooky like something's not right. Loyal yes. is noticing things, the Ogier is noticing things and yes. Perrin is like something's going on. Yeah. I liked the observation of it being like seeing a snarl, like almost a snarl on someone's face just as they were running around delivering bread or something. Like mm-hmm. people were just looking really, really angry. I want to see this on the television show. I want mm. I want all the weird, I like, like these weird kind of dark, mm-hmm. I don't know, you show up and it's again like that western like you show up as an outsider and everyone at the bar turns and looks at you and wah 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 they all turn back pretend nothing happened yeah i mean it's i think just for me it's important to show the socioeconomic situation of all of these places yeah and have that be contrasted with, obviously, like, Moraine, who's mm-hmm. an Aes Sedai, and nobility royalty at that, and her yeah. being kind of like this... I feel like she's a very shiny person, mm. especially, like, when you put her in a room, like, when she mm-hmm. shows up in Emmons Field in the TV show, and everyone's kind of like, <gasps> you know, mm-hmm. like, who is it? What mm-hmm. is it? But... I don't know. I like this kind of spookiness of something being wrong and not knowing exactly what it is at first. Mm -hmm. And then in this episode, it's like you get this feeling of unease and then it's like boom, bam, boom, Greyman attack. And it's just cool. I love that. I love that. That is always one of my favorite moments when it's like parents trying to figure out where the smell is coming from. And he glances over and he's like, there's the bodyguard. There's the half-naked girl singing. There are some guys walking Mm -hmm. across the floor. There's a waitress. Like, he just skips past it. And you read it and you're like, okay. And then you keep reading it and you're like, oh, my God. 
they have knives. Ah! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh my gosh, and Loyal, like, Loyal picks up a chair and just starts, like, swinging it like a madman, and I love it. <laughs> I love fierce Ogier moments. More Me fierce too. Ogier moments. Heck yeah. I like that Perrin just, like, rips and like, the leg of a chair off of a chair. Like, <laughs> I just picture him like growling as he does it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I was watching. I was watching. I love this so much. It's such a guilty pleasure. But mm-hmm. every so often, someone on Twitter will come upon the television series and be totally new to it. And they're just, they live tweet their thoughts as they're watching it. And wow. someone was live tweeting it as they were watching it, and they were like, "What is up with this werewolf guy? Like he's he has to be a werewolf, right? That's all it can be. He's definitely a werewolf." And like, I love that for the TV show, nobody really knows, you know, mm-hmm. like just the casual watcher has no idea what Perrin's deal is. Like, oh, why do yeah. the wolves give a shit about him? Yeah, you know? mm. and like. I just picture him ripping off the leg of a chair and going <laughs> full Hulk. <laughs> yes. Yes. Is, like funny but cool. <laughs> yes. That is exactly how it plays out in my head too. Like it's it's so reminiscent of his moment with Eamon Valda. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. The actor that plays Eamon Valda is in an episode of Doctor Who. Sorry. Just gonna throw that out there. I was watching an episode recently. I was like, "That's even Valda." <laughs> Did he say, "What are you?" <laughs> what are I you? Mean, kind of like he's a he's repairing the roads before like the Olympics happen in modern day London, and he's like, "Something's not right." There there's weird shit happening like it's kind of just like he's a minor character in the episode but i was like this even valda i hadn't seen him in anything else so it was kind of fun okay Uh, you have to tell me if this is correct or not so okay by the end of this chapter moraine has instructed lan to take perrin back to the tower Mm mm-hmm to help, like, Swan or whatever. Like... Yeah. Yeah, on okay. this one, it's... I think what she says is... Let me find it real quick. Because she's kind of almost expecting not to come back. At least that's exactly that's what, what it sounds I like. That's what I took from it, yeah. Yeah, and she's she's like, Leanne, you, you just have to... St- <laughs> Why? <laughs> He's your fucking warder! Why are you not taking him with you? Sense free. Sense free. Do you think in New Spring when he swore the oaths, <laughs> there was like a clause <laughs> where it's like, <laughs> terms null and void when. <laughs> terms she says it really, really fast. Of, yeah, an event of Tavirans, mm-hmm. um, Forsaken, Greymen, Forsaken, uh-huh, and- Dark Hounds. Dark Hounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bad Dreams. Let's include that one. Bad Dreams, Fire Eyes, mm-hmm. Balsamon. <laughs> yeah. I guess I don't understand what she's hoping 
Perrin and Lan to achieve at the tower? Um, okay. Like, so... is it just a? Is it just like putting them, getting them out of harm's way, getting them distancing herself from like Taviran Pole, or maybe sending the Taviran to Swan to affect things there? I think it's that one. Yeah. Um, so what she says is, take Perrin with you. It seems the shadow has made his importance in the pattern known to me, if not clear. I was a fool. Rand is so strongly Taviran that I ignored what it must mean that he had two others close by him. With Perrin and Matt, so she's assuming that Matt is still at the tower, the Amarillin may still be able to affect the course of events. With Rand loose, she will have to. So yeah, I think she's I think she's recognizing in this moment, like after that attack from those six gray men, she's like, they were after you, man. They were not mm-hmm. interested in anyone but you. So big red flag. Perrin's way more important than she expected. Expected. And if he's yeah, if he's that important, he needs to be someplace where he can be protected and controlled. And the best place would be in the White the Tower. Tower. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Honestly, mm-hmm. okay, as much as I really hate the idea of her separating from Lan, mm-hmm. it seems sense-free, but <laughs> this to me actually kind of feels like one of her better ideas. I don't disagree with you. I've seen how, like, how everything that she's tried to put in motion with Rand, it just, you know, like, it doesn't work for her. Mm-hmm. And how often is Swan being like, what's going on, Moraine? Like, why aren't you doing things? Like, how are you're not yeah. doing things in the way that maybe you should be? And Moraine's just like, listen, lady, you don't understand <laughs> all the shit that I've seen all the things I've been trying to do and these kids are just, you know, like, I would love for it to be like, see for yourself. Like, look, Mm -hmm. behold. (laughs) Well, and I mean, doesn't she kind of get a taste of that with Matt who ends up using her get out of jail free card letter to get out of fucking Carvalon? He's like, meh, 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 meh. (laughs) Moraine's out there going... Yeah, she's like, I told you so. I fucking told you so, Swan. Yeah. I told you so. <laughs> See? See? Fucking rambunctious rascals. They don't listen. Yes. yes. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think if there was. So, uh, nope, that's spoiler. Can't. Nope. <laughs> Fake out. Fake, Fake out. Fake out. I have, I have one. Tell me. Just uh, this Lord Brend, this yeah, mysterious yeah. new guy mm-hmm. who's like running the show. Yeah. Who is this guy? Who could he be? Where yeah. does he come from? I actually just thought of something that I want to add to that, but it'll have to come in the spoiler section too. <laughs> Yeah, that this it was exactly what I wanted to talk about too. So okay, do you want me to do our summary for chapter forty three then? Yes, please. Awesome. So chapter forty three, Shadow Brothers. Lan takes Perrin, Loyal, and Zareen. I don't know why he takes the whole crew, but okay, to inspect things around at the end. 
that this was so weird, too. Right? <laughs> We're going to go be real sneaky and see if we can find anything. We're all going to go together. <laughs> Safety in numbers. Whatever. Right? Sure. I mean, I can understand. I can understand taking Perrin. Take one person. Leave Zareen with Loyal. He can take care of her. He knows how to swing a chair around. You know? (laughs) (laughs) She's handy with knives. They can take care Mm -hmm. of themselves. And instead, it's like Scooby and the gang. (laughs) (laughs) Rut row. (laughs) Dark hounds. (laughs) 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 That's going to be the... That's the name of the episode now. Rut row. Dark hounds. Mm-hmm. Mm, um, perfect. I f- I think it's so like so cockamamie that like, they make footprints and stone. Right. Like, poor Robert Jordan. He was like, how do I, like, how do I make a scenario where they know it's a dark hound? He's like, mm-hmm. footprints. It's like, okay, well, how do I make it that the footprints are distinguished from just regular wolf footprints or something? No. Like, They'll they'll be burnt into stone. I'm like, this is just weird. (laughs) And they'll smell like fireworks. Yeah. That was the other thing I was like, okay. I I do, there are parts of Perrin's wolf aspects that I do find kind of like, they explain things in a way that I appreciate. I mean, we both are like big time scent people. So when like, yeah when time is taken to kind of even describe how a scene smells, I love it. Even if it's like, oh my God, that's, that's going to smell awful. Like the tanneries, like I don't really want to think about what a tannery smells like, but it's cool to know that they have them there and they stink. I'm just picturing like Marcus Rutherford, like (laughs) this poor actor, like he's probably doing all of these special, like special training for like, facial expressions and noises that he makes, you know, to make it a little bit more animalistic. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering, like, now every few episodes he's going to be, like, on a boat, like, smells like piss again. <laughs> Tanneries. That's what it is. Sulfur. I can smell your tannery from here. That's <laughs> Yeah, I mean... That's Why a not? meme. Why not? That's a that's a meme waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I really I really want Marcus Rutherford to feel um, like supported in the in the Wheel of Time community. I don't know why I have such a soft spot for him, but he just like he seems like such He's a sweet great. human being. Yeah. Yeah, he really is. Yeah. I feel like season two is gonna be like more about the young men, right? Like, I'm excited yeah. for it. I'm really excited yeah. to see what's in store for our beloved parent. Well, and I think and, one of the things... And Matt, but not you, Rand. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I want all of them. And I think, yeah. like, the more I think about it, the more I'm excited to see what these writers do with the opportunity of building up male characters 
perhaps outside the lens of our normal toxic masculinity lens, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Like, if we can help build Perrin back to a healthy human being through the care of another human being, that's a good story. I like that. There's no violence or minimal. If we can get away with it, that's kind of the way that Perrin goes anyway. Like, he has an opportunity to become a more empathetic leader than the other two characters do. Like, Rand's just going to go off the rails. We know it. He's already cut off all his hair. I don't know what the fuck that is. Like, he's going to go crazy. And we'll see what happens with that. It's a duck and egg situation. He's hiding his ideal coloring, maybe. (laughs) Ooh, that's a good... Yeah, maybe. It does make him very noticeable. He's tall. He has red hair. Cutting it off would definitely... uh, I guess work. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I totally interrupted the chapter summary, though. I kind of forgot that I was even working on it. I was like, did I finish that or not? That was so, that was, nope, it was great. I loved it. No apology needed. Okay, so Perrin keeps smelling fireworks, but that's just weird. So are the dog's paw prints they find imprinted in stone near the inn. Lan uses this excuse to go after Moraine, and Perrin decides to check things out in Dreamland. Hopper's there, but he's not helpful. In fact, he literally pushes Perrin off a mountaintop. Not nice, Hopper. He wakes to find Zareen sitting in his room. She unsettles him enough as it is, but then Moraine pops in and tells them that one of the Forsaken rules in Ilian, and now Perrin may mess his trousers. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that Perrin, when he is in the dream again, mm-hmm. he sees Matt dicing with the Dark One. Right. And I think this is probably the coolest mental image Mm -hmm. I can think of for any type of dream sequence. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I find it so cool, but like everyone says the Dark One's own luck, and Matt Mm -hmm. is like the counterpoint to the Dark One's own luck. Like Fuck yeah. Ooh, I love that. So it's like this very cool, Mm. like Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I just, I think it's a really interesting scene. Mm. Like, the composition in my head is very Mm -hmm. cool. Like, I just see Matt playing cards with this shadowy figure and... Right. I don't know. It's a little, uh, dream wavy-esque. Yeah, yeah. necessarily entirely solid. I -hmm. like the image of when he sees... Aguine, Elaine, and Nynaeve walking into um, the cage and then pulling pulling the spring and shutting it closed on themselves. And he's <laughs> like, oh, my God, you fools. And I was like, yeah, but that's kind of exactly their intention in Tear. Like, mm-hmm. that's what they keep talking about wanting to do. But, damn, it's scary when you see it happening. Yeah. Yeah, and that one I like. I think I think about their faces that ju- as just being like almost empty and passive as they're doing this. Like it's they're like they're just walking into it, like yeah, knowingly, like yeah, and like no emotion, so that like yeah, it doesn't give away either triumph of succeeding in a plan or fear of being caught 
trying to execute your plan. You know, if that's how yeah. I always see it in my head. These are actually dream sequences that I like. They're fast. Same. Yeah. We have Baal Zaman who is back. We have Lanfear who is back. So Heart Fang and Moon Hunter. Love it. Who was the woman in braids, do you think? Hmm. I don't know. Okay, maybe there will be, I guess, clues later on. Where does that person show up? Do you know? I think it's right as Perrin sees these forms of people talking. So he is... It's after Matt, and then Hopper is telling him... I see. A woman with her hair all in braids laughed at them, and another woman all in white laughed at her. Uh, My bet is... it's all in white is Lanfear, and all in braids... I'm in a bet is Landrin. Landrin. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. Which, I mean, is kind of awesome. I love this little, like, quick layer of things. Right? Yeah. And that also makes Leandrin just, like, pretty cool. If she's just like, oh, yeah, just kicking it in Teleron Road with Bowsman and Lanfear (laughs) filing my nails. Oh, that's such a hilarious joke, Lanfear. Tell me another one. (laughs) Suck up. You're so clever. (laughs) I love spending time with you. Have you heard the parsimons are in season? (laughs) (laughs) That's what's happening. I actually really yeah. love that idea. Right? <laughs> I mean, TV show Leandra and I would, I would, I would hang with her anytime. I, I, I even know about her, and I'm still like, I'm, yeah, <laughs> you appeal to me. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Hopper's really useless in this one, though. I yeah, I just it's. Their situations when the wolves are so cool, but then when there's, like, a time crunch and it's like, I need to know, like, the answer to a question very straightforward, mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. you guys kind of suck at this, don't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, here are some wolf names for the things you're encountering. <laughs> yeah. This is your, gra- this is your uh, identification lesson in wolf Yeah, language. what is real is not real. What is not right? real is real. <laughs> Yeah, but like, do we God really damn it, drink? Hopper, not again. It's a it's a Howard and Vince moment where it's like <laughs> yes. Yeah, but do we dream? Do we really dream? Okay, sorry. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have a lot for this chapter. It's just kind of Mm-mm. like it, it feels like a fever dream. It's mm-hmm. just kind of shit happens, that's it. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, he's like, I have to know why. And Hopper's like, and down you go. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> See you later. Like, what What the hell, Hopper? You know if he doesn't wake up and he hits the ground, he's going to die, right? Like, you know <laughs> Teleradriod. And here you're like, oh, good luck, young bull. This place is dangerous. Did I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> Hopper, you dick. That's such a dick move. Okay, so the only thing that I kind of wanted to touch on 
like towards the end of the chapter is when Zareen is like hanging out in his room and <laughs> he's like, oh, don't look at me. I'm like half naked. That's please don't put it on the show. It's cute and all, but don't don't worry about that. She goes through the list, like what we were talking about, where Zareen's like, they, you guys are just a really weird group of weirdness happening. And she like lists <laughs> yes. it all out. And she's like, who are you? Oh, what are you? <laughs> what are you? <laughs> <laughs> and that's how that plays out. But then, like, Moraine coming back and being like, the Forsaken are loose and one of them rules an Ilian. Like, I have this moment of, yes! Ugh! What's going to happen next? That is big fucking news. That is big news. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it almost makes me just want to jump into spoiler time. Let's do it! That's that's the very end of that chapter, so it's perfect. Okay, spoiler time. So... <laughs> Samael. Or not Samael. Wait, Samael is in Ilian, right? Yes. I think so. Okay. And then Ravine is in Camelin. Uh huh. But Alzamon and Lanfear are hanging out, having tea parties in Teleronario. <laughs> <laughs> So like we I mean like we've got we've gotten pretty much clues to at least what four of the Forsaken are doing in these chapters. Yep. Yeah. Well, and we also know that in Tyr another High Lord has been announced that Tom was not aware of. And Oh yeah. Yeah, so we've got like that parallel to this Lord Brend who no one had ever heard of before but is suddenly, like, ruling everything. Like, yeah. same thing in Tear. Like, and one guy couldn't stop talking about whoever <laughs> that guy was whose name I can't remember. Is it... Who's the one who's in Tear? So many of the male Forsaken. I'm like, if you're not Ravin, Osmodian, but Osman... <laughs> Does it matter who you are, really? <laughs> I know, right? Like, they all have the same beef, pretty much. Yeah. Like, they all kind of behave the same way, and this, like, brutish, oh, my God, Lucerne was better than me, and it ruined my life somehow. Like, wah, wah, wah. Um, mm-hmm. But the thing about this is we now have, so that means there are at least three Forsaken who have infiltrated the very top levels of three separate nations' political structures. Yeah. And that's terrifying. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. good to know that they're inept, so... The <laughs> and on top of that, the biggest Aja in the White Tower is the Black Aja. Yeah. Like, the Tower has more Black oh, Aja members point. in it than any other Aja. So it's like, as incompetent as the Forsaken seem. Uh-huh. I, I, I guess maybe that is why they feel incompetent, because they've attained, like, great power in places, and then they all just kind of, like, stumble, you know? You know, maybe... 
maybe they suddenly realize that if they like destroy everything, like if the dark one is actually set free, all the stuff that they really like is going to go away. So maybe like subconsciously they're like they want to be in these positions of power and just hanging out there and yeah I mean why not I mean if I was a if I was an evil henchman of the apocalypse that's probably what I would be doing right is it who is it is it uh Gabrielle nope um Grendel Gabriel um (laughs) Gabriel is Ravine right Right, yeah. I'm thinking of uh, Forsaken, who likes to collect beautiful uh, people of power and, like, blast their minds out with compulsion. Is that Grendel who does that? Grendel, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, <laughs> I think if I were evil, that's that's the way I'd go. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, why not? Like, I wouldn't be, I, yeah, I, I guess probably that would be the same for me. But I'd also probably just spend a lot of time in Teleronrio. I yeah. mean, I like maps a lot. Same. So maybe I'd be more of a Mogidian just hanging out in the mm-hmm. shadows, mm-hmm. minding my own business. There's less to manage that way. Probably right? be an easier lifestyle. You can settle in anywhere. Make anybody do anything for you because, duh, you know compulsion. Right. But castles are great, too, so. True. Yeah. I mean, she is no Gideon because she, she could still, like, walk into any castle and be like, you just need to put me up for the night. I'll be yeah. gone in the morning. I just really need a comfy bed. And they'd be like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, Did you truth. want a bath? <laughs> yeah. Yes, actually. Okay, never mind. Let's <laughs> no Gideon this. I, I prefer that so much easier she can travel yeah but i feel like grendel like probably has the better wardrobe but if you're oh, getting yeah. you can just compulse them and be like i want that walk by window shopping would be amazing <gasps> oh man yes window shopping with mcgideon <laughs> yeah <sighs> but i mean grendel is all about Grendel's all about her compulsion as well. Yeah. And like indulging every every little bit of something that feels indulgent and luxurious. Like she's like, you know what? I did that whole like minimal. She's like the Calgon bath milk lady. <laughs> Personified. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With slaves. <laughs> Grendel, you know she's taking bubble baths and naked, but with like diamonds on. Yes. Yes. Um I have a playlist on one of my I have a Spotify playlist and one of the songs on it is Feed Me Diamonds and it always makes me think of Grendel. I think it's like her theme song. I want a thick Grendel too. Like I don't want. Yeah. I don't want the. I'm doing the air quotes curvy Grendel because no. to curvy, many people think very small waist mm-hmm. and big bosom and big bums. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I want a thick Grendel. Like yeah, indulgent. Indulgent. 
yeah fleshy is that is that an okay word is fleshy an okay word it kind of makes it's me it's okay yeah i said bosom earlier okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> words we may want to shelve <laughs> aiden edit that edit. no way man replace replace all mention of bosom with computer voice bosoms bosoms yeah if you can if not, don't worry about it. Ah, that'd be so funny. <laughs> Speaking of bosoms and bosoms, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no. I love I love the idea of having a wider array of bodies. Like yeah. I think that yeah. that's gonna be a really nice thing to bring in the series, like where it it feels right. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I mean, really, I just, people are so wonderfully, diversely made that pushing forth the ideal of like one particular idea for beauty is just ridiculous. Like, let's enjoy the whole palette. I want all of it. I agree. I agree. I know you do. (laughs) We're one and the same. And it's, honestly, it's one of the things I love about you. Yeah. I, I don't have a I don't have much more for these chapters. Like they're I, pleasant, but I'm mm-hmm. ready to go forward. Yeah, let me I think I might have one thing. You got one more? No, I think that's everything. Yeah. Okay. Alright. Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content. Correct us. Send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week, thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin.